0: And we're live with our 103rd episode of Absolute AppSec. I'm Ken Johnson, at CKTricky on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Seth Law, at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again. uh, We're excited to have Oded with us today to discuss some secrets management and uh, how we actually handle those and Achilles. Uh, We'll get into that shortly Uh, We'll do full introductions here as well. Uh, But first, we wanted to make sure that everyone knew about a Midsummer Nights Con, which will be next week. I think it's next Monday on the 27th of July. Runs from uh, 6 p.m. to about 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, And we're really excited about it. We're really excited about the speaker lineup. Um, Includes Corey Doctorow, uh, some lawyers from the EFF. We'll have a panel there. Uh, logical, uh, Stefan Edwards, InfoSeconon, or however she says it now. I, I can't remember Heather. Uh, realistically, it's going to be a really great conference. We've got a couple people that have been on the on the podcast before, including uh, Stefan and Neil and Jerry Gamblin. So uh, you should join us. Uh, it'll be short and sweet, but it should be a, a fun way to get together. Uh, outside of that, we also have black hat training coming up. Uh, We're gonna be teaching next level bug hunting code edition, which is a spin on our uh, excellent adventures in code review. So how to identify security vulnerabilities and exploits in code um, and uh, how how we go about that as security professionals, we'll teach you the whole process and everything that that it takes for us on a day-to-day basis to identify that. Um, Outside of that, I don't think we've got anything else that's uh, that is announcement worthy right now. Ken, was there anything else that you had? No, but I'm going to um, post
0: the link here in a second to our training for black cat so that people can uh, yeah, be able to check that out. But no, I didn't have anything else other than to introduce the man of the hour. Yes. Odette from, uh, from, um, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, f- uh, that uh Har Evan Har Evan,
2: go for it Har okay.
0: from a Keyless. Uh he's a yeah. CEO and founder, and I basically is actually Seth, it was just like was it it was you and I, right? just like a day or two ago somebody or was it over the weekend somebody was asking about like secrets management to us or something like that? I think it was over the weekend actually somebody was asking uh, about it and uh it's just funny because this is the conversation we always have is like uh how do i do secrets management securely and um there are it's very very confusing for a lot of people and anyways so i had happened to uh, come across this technology and and get introduced to these fine folks and figured um you know maybe have them on the podcast and they said yes and i'm super happy about it and uh so yeah, we're we're going to learn more about the technology, about Odette, and uh, yeah, just basically get into it. So uh, yeah. again, before we do that, Seth?
1: Oh, no, I was going to say, I, like this is definitely one of the, uh, this is a very common issue that we see across the board, right? Like, I, I can't tell you how many reports I've written when I'm doing a secure code review where I'm like, guys, you can't put your AWS key in your GitHub instance, right? And, and I know like GitHub, like, tags that now but I still see it pop up from time to time and it may not necessarily be AWS keys anymore but at the very least right uh, database passwords have always been an issue right like those database strings that are sitting in the settings files or in web. config or wh- whatever you know settings file your framework happens to use it's it's very common in my space um, I know Ken you guys have probably solved that a little bit on your side. Better but I most of the most small and medium-sized companies struggle with this because the developers have so much trust and the security team doesn't necessarily have a purview into what they're doing with those secrets and how they're connecting to other systems. So it'll be a good discussion and, and the question that popped up was from uh, someone that had been in one of our, one of our courses. And it was just, it was honestly, what's the recommend way recommended way for an application to store passwords that aren't used for logging into, but for accessing other things like APIs, right? So, like, yeah, how do we store passwords, not for our users, but for when we want to access things? And I think that's specifically what a is about. And I know there's other technologies that are out there that 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 solve problems. And we can talk about how a keyless uh, compares to like AWS Secrets Manager, right? Like that'd be an, an interesting discussion to have because that is a technology that I know people are familiar with and they they do have a tendency to use it. So, um, so first off, right? Like, did let's let's have you introduce yourself, right? Like uh, you uh, you're the founder of Achilles, is that correct?
2: Uh, co-founder. I founder Yeah, th- this is important. You know, uh, we're yeah. we're a group. We yep. have three founders uh, here that founded the company, but um, we're a great uh, a team of um, management and r and team, and product and marketing. So it's a it's a teamwork, as you know. Cool, and yeah. so uh,
1: before we get to Keyless, let's talk about your background a little bit. Like, what led you to that to that point? Um, like, you're in the security space now. Have you always been in the security space, or how did you get involved? Well.
2: Wow, that, that's a great, uh, great question. I think that initially, did we, um, maybe accidentally? Uh, I think. Um, well, it was back where I started in the Israeli Defense Forces. uh started my way. Um, okay. It was, believe it or not, at two thousand and one, um, as you know, as my as my military uh, uh, military duty. By the way, can you hear me right? Yeah. Yep,
1: you're coming across.
0: Oh yeah, there was lag for just a second, but you're fine now.
1: Can you hear us? Oh. Okay. Did we, we can What's hear you. Hold on? Okay, could you? Oh. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I'll wait for him to rejoin. Um, let me go over here. Oh, did you men didn't while we we're talking about stuff we might may or may not oh never mind. He's back. So I'll Okay. I have one thing to mention that we forgot to mention but That's cool.
2: Yeah. Okay. Sorry for that. I have no idea hey. what, what happened.
0: Oh no, we could hear you just fine. So
2: Okay. Okay. Um, so back in 2001, I started um starting my way as uh, in the programming uh programming course in the Israeli defense forces. Um and I was also a lecturer for um I stayed there to uh, teach others uh, to how to program, how to code. Uh, back then, you know, uh, C++, C, very, you know, the fundamentals of programming. And uh-huh. I found that uh, fascinating. Um, and I I was kind of attracted to two things. Um, one was communication, and the other one was um, uh, it's communication and networking, uh, and also uh, the other part of infrastructure. So both of them, as you know, in the cybersecurity world, um, that was back then, most of security. Lots of, you know, uh, there was some people that were starting to talk about application security back in 2000, but still it was, uh, it was not uh, widespread. Application security is having great, um, great time in the last few years, you know, from with uh, uh, vulnerabilities in code and, and, and in the CI/CD. Uh, testing and, and so th- these days in the last few years, that's a great great place for application security. Anyway, so I started from infrastructure uh, and my first uh, project was identity and access management. Um, and we started with a product by a vendor that I won't reveal the name with your, uh, uh, if I may. And it turns out to be not a very good product uh, that we have wanted to implement inside the, uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. Um, and pretty pretty soon, we understood that we need to code it on our own. And that was my, 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 the beginning of my career with uh, cybersecurity program, identity and access management uh, uh, system. And with time, as time uh, evolved, and I had uh, the privilege to uh, touch many types of uh, information security infrastructure to include endpoint security and SimSoc and antivirus and PKI. Um, and a lot of hardening and access management and SSO and all of those. Um, so that's that's the, that's the core of, of of where I come from: infrastructure and and information security. And this is how I got into that world. Um, and l- not to mention the last like four years before Achilles, where I I stopped with cyber for four years. Um, so besides that, I've been with cybersecurity all, all that long.
0: Wow, that's a long time in in this field. I mean, I. I think like a lot of people I know did. Seth, when did you start?
1: <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I was also <laughs> doing stuff in two thousand and one, <laughs> <laughs> um, but mine was more on the Java side at that point. Okay. Uh, yeah, like so. That's that's what I was going to ask, is, but it sounds like it was C C where you started in there, and then I moved over to the pen testing space and you know, 2004, 2005, um, and went more of the, kind of that consulting route until I made my way back to uh, uh, application security uh, because there was no application security at the time. It was all just, yeah. But exactly what you're saying, right? Like we have a lot of power to change things because yeah. we understand. And, that, and then I, like, I love to hear, okay, there's other people that were in the space back then. That did programming and are still in the space, right? So,
0: what were the issues we have, with the product have, that you didn't like?
2: Uh, well, well, back then, wow. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, was um, well. I'm sure there were a lot of things, but yeah,
2: identity identity management. Uh, well, those were the years where identity management uh, kind of uh, that was the, the the major first wave of identity management back in the. Yeah the end of 19s, the beginning of, of 2000s, uh, where uh, infrastructure guys understood that, hey, what's happening, we have lots of users and we don't have um, you know, a, a comprehensive workflow to unite all of those. Uh, but back then, uh, there was, uh, workflows were very bad, workflows products were very bad, uh, a lot of uh, polling and, and queues uh, that were stuck, uh, a lot of LDAP. Um, engines, LDAP databases that back then were, you know, there were quite a few that were very good, but all the, all the rest were, sh- um, I don't wanna say shitty, but uh, it, were, uh, it, it weren't you, that You, you that can, <laughs> yeah, you can, Yeah, uh, our podcast, go yeah, for it. <laughs> yeah, okay, no problem. Um, and there was um, especially something in particular that I remember that we, we, we had to, um, to have some exits, some program exits in order to enhance the product and that the only option that we could have done it was using a C plus uh, c++ dll on windows oh, uh, wow. you know, and that that was like uh not something that you couldn't you you could not have done what's happening everything's okay I Sorry, we're okay <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> actually hit a wrong button um,
2: okay no problem that's that's basically the experience with sdk c++ on dlls uh, back then so pressing wrong buttons and hoping that it would work um so but right now I'm I'm here alone is are no, still,
1: we're, we're still here. We were just highlighting ah, you. Okay, you, no problem. You,
2: so. so anyway, that that, that was a, a shitty thing. Uh, lots of uh, lots of, of, of memory leaks and, and dumps and and it it didn't went good. So we understood that uh, from we, we need to do so much enhancements that we should have uh, we should have just uh, go back and, and, and have it uh, to build it from the ground uh, zero. Uh, up and have it within, you know, using .NET and any other technologies that were back then that we were using. And, and we took four weeks. That was that was my basically the first startup experience uh, inside the army um, to take four weeks and to meet a deadline that was very important uh, back then. Uh, and we were able to meet that. We didn't sleep for a lot of lots of with lots of pizzas and you know yeah. other cool, uh, cool stories that uh, most of us have and still have. Uh, and this is how we've done it. We just uh, built it and, and it was great, great experience. But, but you know what, Seth, you've reminded me with the application security and the penetration testing. I must share with you back then, 2004, uh, the web goat. Of uh, the beginning of the versions of of webgoat and you know trying to hack things and the easy back then the SQL injections and 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 oh, yeah. scripting and I was like wow I can do this and I can do that and and, and yeah I, I've had a great experience with building uh, for a short period of time for one year the uh, some architect and consultant uh, team it was very small at the beginning uh, to start consulting projects within the army about how they need to to do their security. And I actually remember how we, we really wanted them to go into the application security world. And again, back then, it was like talking with wolves. It was yeah. so hard.
1: Yeah, and well, and, and, I, and I was going to say on the, like the identity management side, right? Like, uh, you know, this was... What you're talking about, the period that you were talking about identity and access management was a huge thing. And I remember like my first you know, security job at the bank, they were trying to solve it, like bringing in all these vendors and no one had any idea what they were doing, right? Like they're back ending and I still see this. I, I will walk into clients and they're like, I'm like, okay, so who's your identity provider? And they're like, oh, it's our, it's our mainframe. And I'm like, it's your mainframe, right? Like, is this 2004, right? Like, but well, it, that's exactly what what they've done he, is because
2: they implemented he, it and they can't get away from it. Yeah. In a way, in a way, it is a mainframe. You know, to yeah. have an SSO project, that's your mainframe. But so I understand yeah. why they're saying that. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I totally get it. Uh, we're talking back then at the beginning of 2000, where SSO, you know, people were starting to talk about it, um, and and. And uh, yeah, and the beginning of ZAML, not to mention open ID, right? So yep. with identity management, the big word was about provisioning. Today, when we yep. say provisioning, that's a completely different concept, right? Of provisioning your uh, uh, containers, provisioning the production environment, and that's such such a much sexy word and, and more more suitable to the to these days. But back then, you had to have some provisioning engine to provision accounts to any LDAP yep. Active Directory or whatever shitty novel that you're using, <laughs> uh, or, or any, you know, uh, uh, whatever that what was back then. And uh, and so, and and you know, I had I actually had a, a very recent thought about it, how things evolve in terms of how great things are with plugins and things that are much more standardized. And today with XAML and OpenID, you're just using, you know, some links and, and you're connecting with... Connecting, uh, like what was you know back then heavy to configure. Today you can uh, configure Okta and any you know similar applications very easily. Uh, And instead of provision your uh, identities, you're basically um, kind of having the permission to look at an external identity provider, and and that's that's a great move that we've done in the last uh, ten or fifteen years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I you know, I think about some of the the IDPs that are out there and you know, as we as we started into that space exactly what you were saying, it was all LDAP backends and uh you know, we were trying to wrap all this and, and figure out how SSO was to work as as SAML and OpenID came out and it was a difficult like it was a painful painful multi-year process for a lot of these large organizations and nowadays it's like Oh, all you have to do is import this plugin into Okta, and here's the webhook. And
2: how boom, how great there it is, going. right? Yeah how yeah. how great this is. And you know what? There's a there's a um, very interesting trend, by the way. We say that the history comes back. I don't know. There's a phrase in, in Hebrew that says that history uh, repeats itself. Yes. So, and and I see the same. You know, with with back then in Active Directory, and you still see a lot of a lot of organizations that that work with Active Directory. But the cloud brought so much of Linux right to the world, and suddenly what you used to have such a comfort zone with managing your Windows servers within a corporate large enterprise environment, and suddenly you're getting, again, uh, most of your servers with containers and Kubernetes and so on. You're getting Linux a lot in, within your environment, and suddenly you don't have a domain to manage them. Yeah. So the history repeats itself with what we thought that we've had a solution with Active Directory domain, but suddenly you're getting a new problem, which is kind of the same old problem. But today it's with SSH keys once again, yes. and you're swamped with those SSH keys. And how do I manage them? And there's also there's the easy solution of you know interconnecting your Linux with an LDAP repository, but it's not secured enough. And there's all kind of, of, of other things there, but you see the trends that comes back. And again, identity uh, identity management problem and privileged access management problem with the DevOps tools, right? Chef, Puppet, Ansible, and and KubeCTL and, and Cube or whatever you call it. I, I, yeah. I saw that there's all kinds of ways to call it. Um, and, and SSH access and all of those tools suddenly, they're not getting a lot of good uh, responses or good uh, solutions from the old days, uh, legacy identity, uh, identity management solutions, not to mention the old days and old solutions of privileged access management. Okay. So there, there, there are uh, great new opportunities uh, with the new environments and the new tools of DevOps um, and, 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 and the new opportunities with the cloud that uh, provides, uh, that makes basically a great gap where secrets management is uh, is entering into into that field, and I'm mentioning human to machine and not just machine to machine right secrets management as a, a, a generic term most times I meet that uh, I meet that term where where people uh, mostly say that it's machine to machine you know uh, how do I manage my API keys and secrets within my code how do i how does my code authenticate to the secrets management system in order to fetch secrets? Um, and my Kubernetes cluster, uh, how do they uh, protect secrets? Is it uh, we're using Kubernetes secrets or an external secret management solution, and and so on, all kind of those questions. But when you think of it, secrets management is about any type of secret, right? API keys and and and, and passwords and 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 encryption keys also. Um, and if you're looking on the uh, the leaders of this field or in this in secrets management. Uh, and the innovative solutions in that realm, uh, basically, you, s- you tend to see that when you, when you are analyzing it from the eyes of the IT DevOps, uh, SRE eyes, uh, all of them together, the security architect and the CISO uh, that looks on the security problems, basically, it's the same technology of the ability to encrypt very important Ah, uh, very important uh, uh, objects that are being made in order to authenticate and authorize, and suddenly password management for humans and privileged access management becomes very close to that. Yeah. So imagine that we could have had an all-in-one solution for all of those problems. I don't wanna, I don't wanna take the end and the punchline, but e- eventually, this is what we're going. This is where we are going. This is what Achilles vault is all about talk about the secrets management problem from a comprehensive uh, uh, view, where we look at the many secrets types within the organization and say, okay, what's the use case for that? And what's the use case for that? Either it's an encryption key uh, that is being used by an application, or sometimes what about the SSH key that is being used by the DevOps engineer? How do we protect that? Uh, because it's a great, it's a big hassle and a great uh, vulnerability. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like an SSH key to get to like an EC2 instance or something like that, for instance, just whatever it may be. I mean, one thing I liked about keyless when we were talking about the technology was specifically the zero knowledge aspect of it. And uh, I was hoping you guys could talk a little bit about that. But uh, well, the other thing I liked was your, uh, (laughs) I don't know why this is the way it is, Seth, but we've talked about on the podcast before with security vendors who won't put pricing on their page. (laughs) Like (laughs) they create a product, but won't put price. And you know, like Achilles actually has the pricing on there, but, but back to the technology aspect of it. Um, I did like the zero knowledge aspect so that I don't have to trust that. Like it reminded me kind of like one password, how they, um, they don't actually ever know your, like what the value is of whatever you're storing securely. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's like with them, there's like a couple different keys and I think you keep like the master key on your end and then they, so it's basically the concept of that whole like zero knowledge on your end of our secrets essentially is like what I really did like
2: uh, and was interesting like very interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh Well, thank you for that. So in order to explain the zero knowledge or the zero trust encryption as as we call it um, that basically means that we can manage secrets and keys for our customers by, uh, and by the same time, we don't have access to those encryption keys and we don't have access to those secrets. That's the secret sauce of our secrets management, especially when we provide it as a service. So in order to talk about this, maybe two sentences about where we come from and where we started. So yeah. our story begins with our uh, uh, beloved CTO, uh, Rafael. Uh, when he was working a um, few years ago uh, with a, uh, in a large fintech, uh, American fintech uh, company um, in the cryptography and, and the security R&D center here in Israel, where he saw the major hassle of managing encryption keys and secrets on a large, very large scale uh, and the amount of resources that the, they had to invest in order to provide it uh, to provide keys and secrets management to all of their internal projects, so uh, after quitting the company, he thought about how can I solve it uh, much better, uh, and he he was lucky enough uh, to go to think about an innovative and patented technology uh, that we call DFC, Distributed fragments Cryptography, that in short uh, allows us to perform cryptographic operations using fragments of encryption keys that are spread in different regions in different cloud providers okay and when we perform the cryptographic operations we never need to combine those fragments okay that's a complete opposite of what you uh might have been uh, familiar with with shamil secret sharing for that sense okay that with shamil secret sharing you need to you're creating a whole key then you're splitting it and then when when you need to use it you need to combine it once again and this is talking about security, this is where a malicious attacker can gain access and grab your key. And when your key is exposed, the game is over. So what we have invented basically in our CTO uh, invented is the way to again, perform cryptographic operations using fragments without ever combining them. I know it sounds impossible, but this is how it works. Uh, and by the way, we use completely standard cryptography. Okay, it's all standard cryptography. And this is why we were um, very, fast to get uh, NIST FIPS uh, 140-2, high level of cryptography, um, because it's all standard. But the innovative part here is about managing those practices. So after we talked about this, um, then this is the time where we we can talk about zero, uh, zero knowledge or zero trust encryption, as, as we call it. So first of all, what's the problem? The problem is, how can you manage encryption keys within cloud environments? Okay, Basically, you need to share your encryption keys with your cloud provider, okay? That's the that's the most basic part. And of course, when you want to uh, manage also secrets, okay? When you wish to, uh, let's say, manage your secrets within Achilles, then how can you trust Achilles? So we have leveraged, uh, we have used our ability to perform those uh, operations of encryption without combining those fragments and saying, one of the fragments will be created and stored locally on the customer environment, okay? Now, locally, it can be on their VPC, on their on-prem, whatever they wish, on their in- internal perimeter where we, Achilles, don't have access to. So now you get, let's say, for the sake of example, you have three fragments that are being managed by Achilles on different three regions, okay? They are not connected with each other. They are not communicating with each other. They are not even aware of each other, and they're all, of this, all of that time, they're con- uh, constantly refreshed on their mathematical value. So it's very hard. You need to attack them simultaneously. Plus there's another fragment that is stored on the customer side. So a doesn't have all of the fragments of the key, right? We don't have it. We only have uh, several percentage of that. And because we're using standard cryptography, 99% of the fragments equal to 0% of the key. That's the great, that's the beauty of it. So if someone, Either is trying to steal those keys from us, or cloud act like a federal warrant or whatever. Uh, they're trying to attack our system. We don't have all the key. We, we, it's 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 harmless in that way. Um, and so this is how we provide our customers the ability to keep their uh, uh, exclusive ownership on their customer on their keys and secrets. We cannot decrypt their secrets. That's basically the story of it. Cool. So, awesome.
1: so basically, that like their their portion of the key ends up kind of being their master secret, right? Like that's what that's what it takes to, to decrypt the those values is something is along great, those
2: lines. This is great point what you've just mentioned because the fourth that fourth element, and by the way, we're agnostic to the number of the fragments. That fourth yeah. element that we're I'm now uh, we're now mentioning more. It's a sexy term to say fifth element. but yeah. uh, So that's the fourth <laughs> element, the, the, the golden, the golden uh, uh, piece here. It's not a salt. It's not a password. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not an authentication. It's a real fragment of the key. Now, what's okay. very great about it, that if someone is hacking to the customer environment and, some, and somehow is being able to grab that customer fragment because they have only that fragment, Nothing happens. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that you have one fragment that is more important than the others. The only, uh, the only, or the main uh, uh, target or the main uh, uh, use of that uh, of that uh, customer fragment is basically to protect the customer from us, yeah. not from malicious attackers. Okay. For malicious attackers, the whole model is is, is safe and and constantly refreshed between those uh, between those fragments. By the way, just to mention, those fragments are being stored in, in node environments, which are uh, in a multiple in, in a, in a availability, different availability zones within multiple regions. So everything is replicated between regions. That's, that's a great thing, by the way, that we are so happy to work with the cloud with such a technology because it just, it suits, it works well. Because when you have an encryption key as whole, Okay, you never want to replicate it. That's the whole thing about encryption keys, right? You want to have yep. one encryption key and you don't want anyone to, to to have to have a replication of it. But suddenly, when you're using such a great model where you're working with fragments of keys, then you can even do much greater things with having much higher resiliency and much higher availability for your entire key management system infrastructure. So suddenly we can be multi-region available. So if one region is down we're still running if one cloud provider is down we're still running okay mm-hmm. that's that's part of it
0: cool how do they interface is it a is it so if I'm if I wanted to do this in my application is there a library to include or do I make like
2: API calls uh, manually or how do how does it all lots of it we're managing basically we're providing lots of plugins uh, maybe I'll start with this uh, bolt open source project. I guess that uh, most of our uh, uh, viewers are uh, familiar with that. So Vault open source project has huge community, very good community uh, of of, um, uh, contributors um, that are creating plugins and connectors to multiple types of platforms. So we have developed an API compatibility with Vault open source project. So it means that in order to work with us, you can basically download whatever plugin that you're finding out there from the open source community and you can work directly with us. So, boom, you suddenly have all of those platforms that are natively supported uh, to begin with. On top of that, there are SDKs in multiple languages, uh, command line interfaces, um, and obviously RESTful API, so whatever you're convenient with. And of course-
0: awesome. web
2: Web user interface, and we have a browser add-on for human access, because although everything today needs to be API-driven, Guys, eventually we're working with people, uh, so yeah. it needs to be colorful and it needs to be with great user experience
0: mm-hmm. so you 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 can use you, so if you are already hooked in with vault, you can already use the technology in, in the sense that uh, you're kind of plugging into what you're already hooked into uh, with a keyless so if you're already like set up for vault, then you can build on top of that to use vault or I'm sorry a yeah. keyless
2: basically, yes. Because imagine that you have a vault open source uh, for some usage of yours, uh, and then you it starts growing, growing, and scaling, and scaling, and then you find yourself dealing with you know multi-region replications and multi-environments, and you know and leader elections and all kind of things that you know. Sometimes we like that; that's fine, but we tend we we find that lots of enterprises don't want to mess with that, and this is where we come in the picture. Um, and we're saying, guys, either have it with our on-prem package, which is a soft appliance that is very easy to work with or work as a service where you don't need to mess with the infrastructure whatsoever. And you can basically uh, take our gateway API, which is a stateless Docker container, work with it and keep your current endpoints with the vault open source that you've been using. And the switch is very easy. So yes, uh, this is this is the target. Not not necessarily with all, right? Right. Despite the fact that Vault o- o- OSS is widely known, uh, you know, most of the organizations that we work with, uh, they, they did not implement that yet. So, uh, you know, sometimes some have it and some don't have it. So it's a large market. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the businesses that I'm familiar with that are similar to the one I work for, GitHub, uh, has some basically some, some of our own modifications to vault, right? So it, it's Vault, but it's got like some heavy modifications, I, I would say, but, uh, which is again, that's why, like, I think that there needs to be something that's easy, that's distributed. And again, it, it, one of the things that, that I really liked was the the whole, like, uh, zero trust, sorry, better, better way to say it, zero trust sort of like, uh, uh model, um, Seth, I, before I ask the next question, you look like you looked very pensive, like you're going to ask a question. So I want to make sure I give you I don't like.
1: No, no, I was wondering. So so we've we've talked about like vaults, uh, you know, and how Achilles compares to that. Um, like, I also wondered, like, that. that's more of kind of the secret management, you know, API to API or computer to, to computer the, uh, the SSH access and um, like the human element that you keep talking about, Oded, um, right? How does that necessarily function? Is that one of those like you know you you sign into Achilles first, or is it integrated with SSO um,
2: like with uh, the, with your local system? And- the second, the second, yes. Okay. Um, our goal is to be is to, is to save a lot of time for the infrastructure and security guys, the DevOps guys, right? Um, And on the other hand, to change as as little as we can, not to change the ways that people tend to work. So if the organization is already working with identity provider, that's a plus. We don't want to be identity provider. We do have a solution for the secret zero problem with uh, universal identity. I can talk about that later. But in terms of humans, of course, we don't wanna change the, the, uh, the way that you used to work. So using any identity provider that you have, imagine that you're running your open SSH, uh, your uh, native supported SSH that you're working, but without using SSH keys. And whenever you're firing an SSH request, then what you have is basically uh, an identity, uh, identity provider request to authenticate the okay. screen that you are already familiar with and behind the scene, we are creating an SSH certificate. Now, that SSH certificate is created for a short-lived period of time, uh-huh. and it is being provided to and, and created to the client to the client side, and then uh, provided to the target host. Now, the only configuration that needs to be done on the on the target host is the trusted uh, certificate yeah trusted scoring. certificates. Yep. That's, that's a great that, that's a great solution. No agents whatsoever, okay? So, and you know what, you've mentioned the differentiators between us and and the Vault OSS. So Vault OSS is able to create SSH certificates to, uh, to issue SSH certificates, but they have never wrapped it into a one complete solution of SSO with SSH or Privileged Access Management for uh, uh, Linux servers or for SSH uh, access, okay? Yeah. And, and that's that's just an example where we, we said, okay, there are capabilities of managing the secret, but we wanna go even deeper. We wanna manage, we wanna manage the secret through its whole lifecycle when it is being used. So for that sense, we are also really leveraging our ability to uh, to act as a certificate authority and provide certificates uh, also for kubectl. kubectl by okay. default, is using short, uh, long-lived TLS certificates. So the same solution as for SSH, as I've just mentioned, with identity provider and short-lived certificates for a certain session, uh, again, works well for uh, for uh, to, uh, kubectl access. And this is where we p- provide a 360-degree solution for privileged access and secrets management for Kubernetes. Because it's not just that we're managing the secrets for Kubernetes uh, cluster, by uh, integrating into the Kubernetes secrets mechanism, okay? Rather than also managing the access to the kubectl uh, management, okay? Yeah. So uh, we're being able to either the secrets that are being used by Kubernetes and also the secrets that are being used in order to manage uh, uh, the Kubernetes clusters. That's just okay. an example. We do that for other uh, uh, location, uh, places also. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, I would assume if you've, if you've worked that out, then it, you're also doing that for things like um, AWS keys, like access, like the AWS command line, or, you know, Google or Google Cloud, GCP, right?
2: Exactly, and, and when you mention those, this is where a great, and that's, that's a um, very interesting trend that's happening um, in the last few years, very recent, that is called just-in-time access. I I guess that most of our, uh, some of our viewers are familiar with dynamic secrets, uh, uh, dynamic secret approach, Uh, but the father of it, uh, the grandfather of dynamic secret is basically coming from privileged access management uh, world and identity management. This is why, you know, uh, uh, for me, for me, it's it's a great area. I like that. I, I can see, you know, the whole development of the whole market, how it changes, but uh, so just-in-time access was invented a few years ago. And the goal of it is basically to go to, go to the place where you have zero standing permissions within your environment. Yep. So imagine that you have a database, for instance, that is, uh, uh, has lots of users within the user tables or Linux server with lots of public keys for SSH. So that's those are like uh, lots of credentials that uh, most of the time, uh, uh, most of it are not being used problems with compliance and audit and those kind of stuff and when someone leaves the the team no one really knows uh how, what kind of credentials we can delete and 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 we find a lot of places where people are living the organization that they're working with with ssh keys that are still valid and you you all know that has to. so um so basically when you combine all of that you can say we want to work in a world where there are no standing credentials there are no standing permissions whatsoever and everyone to include human identities and also machine identities, they are all getting on-demand, just-in-time access whenever they need to, okay? So imagine if a user or machine wishes to access a certain database or an AWS service or Linux server, whenever they wish to access, they are are asking Achilles, please give us short-lived, short-time credentials, access, certificate, whatever, in order to access that machine. And this is where Achilles takes place and provide those uh, temporary credentials. So eventually, not machines and not humans are working with static credentials for them. So Mm -hmm. either, uh, although you have, you are, uh, you know, very powerful DevOps guy, um, in the target host, in the endpoints, you basically don't have any credentials whatsoever, right? No public keys on Linux servers. You don't have accounts on SQL servers and so on and so forth rather than having those credentials created on the fly only when you need it and they are automatically deleted.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been a fan of the just-in-time access, right? Like, and it, it feels like the, the solution that, you're, that you guys have come up with is a very elegant way of, like, we always talk about that layered security pro- approach, right? From applications and that, uh, you know, it, authentication and authorization is like more and more, that's where we find all of the problems with, with, with instances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the problems for sure. Yeah. And so like having the ability to basically turn off access when it's not needed is a huge plus, right? Like that's, that's all that I see from a, an application perspective because it takes me away. I've always said like, I'd much rather the amount of like login forms and, user databases that I've created in my career is ridiculous, right? Like, it's, like, I shouldn't have to create the same thing over and over and reinvent the wheel. And we're getting better at that with identity, like the IDPs. But this just takes it one step further, because it's not just IDP, it's also IDP, and then you only have access when you need it,
2: um, so that those credentials don't sit around. Right? The, the, yeah, what you're now saying, it's 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 wonderful. i tell you why. You know, one of our great aha moments when we talk with customers is that we're, we're, we're doing the, the following. Let's say we're using, we're demonstrating a lot with Okta, obviously it's a very um, uh, known and famous solution. So uh, we're showing them, we're talking with DevOps guys and we're, we're telling them okay, how much time you currently invest with uh, uh, organizing permissions for everyone, right? Like uh, someone is asking from you, I need access to that Linux server. I need access to that resource. I need uh, uh, permissions with my chef, with my Jenkins, with my Kubernetes cluster. How do you do that? And, and please provide permissions, permission, permissions. And they are wasting a lot of time on that. And that's a great headache and, and, and we wanna help them. So the big aha moment is when we're saying, you see that group of Okta? When you will add a certain identity to that group, or if you want a user within your Active Directory, okay? That's Active Directory group, it doesn't matter. But when you do that, because we are looking on that group, we're not synchronizing it, it is not provisioned to us or something, we're just monitoring that group. Just by doing that, that that, that particular user or machine will automatically gain the permission to ask for access. So yeah. the next time that that individual identity would ask to uh, enter a Linux server for a certain IP, uh, uh, um, the backstage would make sure that they have the permission to do so and then automatically provide short-lived certificate slash credentials to database, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But eventually, that's it. So y- y- you don't need to do much more than just organizing your users as you are convenient with, which is with organizational groups, teams groups, applications groups, and things like this. All the rest is being done by Achilles, mm-hmm. both for identity, human identities, uh, and both for machines.
1: Yeah. yeah, the just-in-time access, I mean, it, like, if we go back to the earlier conversation that we had, right about um, identity and access management solutions, we were talking about the provisioning process, and that that's realistically what you've done away with because it's it, it it's it's auto provisioning based on a role, right? It's role based access, auto provision when you ask for ask for it. If you're not in the right group, you're going to get booted, obviously. So your manager yeah. has to put you in the right group. But other than that, it's a I, like I was saying, it's, it, it's an elegant way of handling, uh, yeah, handling uh, uh, identity.
2: I'll yeah. tell you this. God bless the subclaims of Zamen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's that's basically it, you know? That's basically it, you know? There are a lot of different ways and alternatives, but basically, w- when you already have a token coming up from identity provider, and by the way, we're keep, uh, I, I'm, I'm keeping, talking about uh, identity providers for humans, but the same exact way we're working with Azure Identity and AWS Azure, uh, AWS assumed Walls and GCP, CIM and so on. The same action, it's very similar. This is JWT and that's uh, other things, but, but you get the concept. So because you're getting a token of an external identity provider, you can say, okay, if that token is within that conditions, then, what does it mean in terms of permissions, dynamic permissions uh, within the great bucket of secrets, certificates, encryption keys, signing keys, uh, uh, API keys, SSA certificates, and so on and so forth? So that's that's the beauty of generalizing that 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 problem of secrets.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the yeah the auto stuff is is where the power really shows itself for sure. Um, Man, so,
0: I got to say, it's really, re- sorry, just real quick. I just have to say, this is really refreshing to to see like a, a CEO of a company getting this technical and like in the, oh, in, the product. <laughs> I love it. I, it's amazing. I, you don't see this very often. So I'm just like I, sitting back like, this is awesome.
2: Yeah. I, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. Big oh, compliment. Uh, some, some people won't won't think that's a compliment. I'll take that.
0: <laughs> it's very much intended to be a compliment. Okay,
2: thank you very much. (laughs)
1: Sorry, sorry before I interrupted. You're fine. Uh, Like the, uh, so the the other question that I had then in that case, um, I mean, you're integrating with AWS, you're integrating with GCP, um, but maybe for some of the listeners you can explain, like just uh, give us a rundown of the differences between what Achilles provides as opposed to using something like Secrets Manager or Certificate Manager Mm. out
2: of AWS. Great, great. So um, there are two families of current solutions today. Uh, One provided by the cloud service providers, as a service, Secret Manager, Certificate Manager, Parameter Store, uh, Key Vault by Azure, and so on and so forth. The other family uh, is the self-deployed solutions, right? Um, OSS solutions, um, other big names in the industry. Um, that requires you to have a complex IT project, basically. So let's talk about the cloud service providers. So basically, those are walled garden approach designed products, right? Uh, AWS, and that's totally legit, they are thinking about their own environments. When you are, uh, and you know, organizations are hybrid. And if you wish to work with your AWS KMS, AWS uh, uh, secret manager within your third-party tools, which are our own DevOps tools, right? Uh, it's not natively connected, okay? If you want to synchronize the secrets to all of your tools, uh, not, some of them have maybe plugins that someone had but are not widely uh, used. Uh, but So they are not pluggable in a very good way to DevOps tools. They are not pluggable very good into the uh, on-prem or legacy environment, okay, or the private cloud. How do you interact within a service that is, or database, or whatever that you're having uh, within your legacy on-prem private cloud environment to a resource that is on uh, public cloud? You don't have a mutual IAM to do so, okay? Okay, so that's that's basically it. Uh, so it's all about the world-garden approach that creates a lot of hassle in terms of operation and a lot of architecture and designing some solutions. Uh, the other thing is about uh, you know some of uh, some of them are not replicating secrets and keys between regions. They have security concerns. To remind you, we're working with fragments, we don't have any problem to replicate fragments of keys between regions and to be available from within any region. So you don't need to replicate on your own secrets and keys. Okay. Uh, so that's that's another thing. Some issues with I know it it might be surprising, but Uh, There are limits to the cloud service providers' um, uh, usage in terms of key management and secrets management, uh, 1500s per second, things like this. Uh, Some of them are more extendable than the others, but basically there are some limits. And uh, and that's, by the way, sometimes because they have hardware behind their software. They have hardware-secured models behind their software. We're a completely software solution, and we're FIPS 140-2 certified. And that's because of our technology. So everything starts from our technology that enables us to do more and more things that the cloud service providers cannot do. And eventually, security, which is you don't want to share necessarily share encryption keys with the cloud service providers because you are uh, basically you prone to uh, you know cloud act and 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 there are large organizations, uh, some european, some uh, us that are having concerns about federal authorities that can have uh, their hands on their encryption keys. And again, with our solution, solution, we're agnostic to that. It's OK. We can have a warrant from a federal authority. We can provide fragments, but we can never provide all of the key because we don't have it. Mm
0: -hmm. Hitting those limits in production is fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, we we have heard that from uh, large customers that we were talking with. And well, actually, we were surprised on our own. Um, uh, we were surprised that there are uh, those kind of limits. Uh, but you know what? Uh, you can understand that. You know, for us, Secrets and Keys, this is our business. So mm-hmm. we must be highly scalable, and we must have an infinite ending uh, and whatever resources that the customers are asking and to have some local caches you know some local cache solutions local uh proxies that we can uh, we can have we think about those problems of interconnecting environments okay we think about how to do that very easy to work in a hybrid and multi-cloud environment okay now for a cloud service provider and i don't blame them by the way i have a lot of respect to uh, those guys they're doing great job but in terms of you know what makes them busy okay maybe is less about interconnecting with other cloud providers okay yeah. and yeah, the hybrid sure. they're saying that they are but you know we're a startup we can move much faster um and i'm talking with a lot of modesty you know that's the reality
0: yeah that's i hope a you got a lot about like i hope you got an answer and answer and to then, your like, question lifted, but yes yeah, sorry i think i lagged out
2: yeah yeah I, yeah. I said, I hope you've got answers to, to the question.
1: Totally did. Great. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, that's, that's just what I wanted to clarify. Cause we do have a lot of people. Uh, I mean, the majority of what we see is definitely AWS. That's the, you know, 500 pound gorilla right now is everybody's in AWS, but there are, uh, you know, there are some in GCP and involved, but the, like, I think the most interesting, the one that I run into the most is what you're what you, uh, called out as far as private cloud to public cloud, right? Because most of the large organizations and even small organizations have some sort of an internal uh, network of computers that they use or servers that they use that are not integrated with AWS IAM and with, uh, you know, Secrets Manager and everything else that, that is in the public cloud. And so they're having to go to something like OSS Vault or or a different solution to do the same thing or in most cases, they're just not doing anything, and it's all you know static, right? Especially if they've been around for any any period of time. When How you say private do you have,
0: cloud, yeah. can you clarify that real quick? Private cloud versus public cloud, just for anybody who may not know, including myself, what you mean by that?
2: Uh, when we say private, basically, it's either your own infrastructure, okay, and your own Kubernetes clusters on top of it. It's not managed Kubernetes. Okay, there is virtual private cloud on top of public clouds, right? AWS, GCP, and so on. Private mm. cloud is basically, you know, for, uh, you know, maybe the most easy way to explain it, think about air-gapped networks.
1: Mm.
2: They want to have their own Kubernetes, OpenShift, uh, Dockerized environments, right? They are mm. entitled to do that, although they are air-gapped, okay? <laughs> so they are entitled to go to the future, and, and we love that, and we encourage that. So this is where they are building their own private cloud, okay? I see. Um, that, that's basically how it works, um, yeah. and this is why I'm mentioning that. So when you're talking with that pro- private cloud, so it's not an air, air gap solution, but it's a let's say a bank that already invested with their own infrastructure. So they're saying we're moving to containerized environment, we're moving to Kubernetes, to uh, OpenShift, and so on, um, and we want to communicate with our other environments. And which brings me to a very another interesting point with. How do you authenticate? Okay. How do you authenticate uh, within a, a private cloud or any legacy environment where you don't have identity and access management, in particular to machines, okay? So back to stage one, you need to hold an STS token or you need to hold an uh, uh, AWS uh, identity or or Azure, whatever static credentials API key, right? Within your internal environment or your whatever legacy that you wish, uh, in order to interconnect to an external resources, which brings us to the beginning. Again, I'm having a secret within my code, within my CICD pipeline, okay? And I am having it inside in order to communicate with the external world. So how do I do that? There are no identities. This is where we provide a keyless universal identity exactly to solve that. I won't get right now into too much details because it's part of our uh, IP. How do we do that? For sure. basically we provide, we provide an, uh, an identity to a machine that doesn't have an identity. And that particular identity is not a secret. Okay, mm-hmm. I know it sounds like, uh, again, something that uh, uh, I'm, I'm a lot of contradictions today, but this is part of the magic that we do, right? Otherwise it was not interesting. But um, so uh, this is what we do. We provide an identity that in case it is being stolen, we recognize that and we are identifying that, and we are having um, some event go to uh, the SimSoc uh, operation. Uh, and this is where we provide machine identities. So for an SDK that is running within your legacy environment or your on-prem environment, or whatever uh, CICD process within Jenkins, okay, suddenly they have an identity that they can access the secret management uh, uh, um, system in order to fetch other secrets without compromising the secret zero okay mm-hmm. that's that's basically how it works
0: awesome awesome <laughs> seth we are hitting about an hour so i okay. was wondering if you wanted to start because it's after 20 hundred hours over there in tel aviv he's by the way you missed it um i got a really great shot of he uh odette turned the camera and i was able to see like tel aviv like the uh
2: yeah oh sweet I- yes I hope you can see that. I don't know. Um you yeah. better because now you know what? I'll turn off I'll turn off the the, <laughs> the lights here and you'll be able to see the view that we have.
0: It's beautiful. So here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were, we were, I was telling them how we we brought the family out the families out there. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, looks yeah was, familiar that, that, it. it does. It looks very familiar. And that was just I mean, it was just over a year ago at this point, right? That we were there. That was yeah, it was awesome. A better year, <laughs> a better year it wasn't twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but yeah, uh, that,
2: that we, I hope I hope you come back. I'll uh, come back soon. I uh, hope yeah. COVID nineteen will be uh you know uh, behind us and
1: uh, yeah well, yeah once it is we'll, we'll we'll start traveling again. I'm sure we'll be able to connect at at some conference somewhere in the world. Right, you know.
0: Just happy to travel
1: anywhere at this point. Yeah. <laughs> just going to the store is a trip at this point.
2: Yeah, feel free to just any time to just hop on a Zoom call and I'll show you around Tel Aviv whenever you okay, are. Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There
0: you go. I'm sure, you've got nothing better to do than that. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love friends. I love friends better than most. Yeah. Most yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, we have been going uh, for about an hour. We want to be cognizant of your time on it as well as you know we, we are we're all busy still, even though it is everybody is in quarantine. Um, what what is the best way for people to interact with you uh, online? Right, to just find you at Achilles.io or you it, know, Twitter.
2: know it's your- as you can see right now on the screen. Um, We're on Slack also, you'll find it on our our pages. You can just go ahead and sign up. Uh, It's SaaS and we have uh, also on-prem, but it's SaaS and free package that you can start using and playing with it. We have a support within uh, using Slack or emails if you wish. Um, So whatever you're convenient with, um, yeah, feel free. Achilles.io, this is the first place to go. Uh, and, and we can hop on a call, whatever someone is interested. We're uh, very welcome.
1: Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And and I would encourage people to, you know, to, to reach out. I I mean, obviously it's a problem. I know even like the projects that I, that I work on, right. Um, Open source and otherwise it's one of the things that we always end up fighting with, right. We're deploying something to AWS and then it's, or it's, you know, even a, a different cloud provider. And we start to think about, okay, secrets in dev QA prod, right? Like all the different environments. And it's just, it's not necessarily an easy problem to solve without a solution in place. So, um, yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll, 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 push people that direct your direction. And we we'll, we will keep the discussion going because it, it feels like you've got a good, a good foundation and you're moving into spaces that, uh, are crucial to security in appsec in general. So.
2: thank you very much guys for this opportunity. It has been a very interesting talk and I'm um, I'm um, we're privileged uh, to be uh, uh, to be in your show and I yeah, hope yeah. to see you uh, to see you live uh, here in Tel Aviv. Mostly welcome you grab a coffee and a beer uh, next time you're around
1: sweet well i would yeah. say
2: it's
0: our privilege you gave you gave us your time you know it's after eight o'clock uh, p.m your time and it like we are very appreciative the, of joining the, the call day is and-
2: just starting are you kidding it's a startup come on <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 well also, i i've saw the nightlife down there in tel aviv it's it's yeah. a late night it's a late night lifestyle love it yeah it's it's awesome.
2: unfortunately not right now some of the restaurants are, are off you know but um But we tend to keep things uh, uh, open as much as we can and to try and to keep, uh, you know, the normal life as much as we can. And, you know, I hope and I guess that you all uh, hope that the the entire world will be off with that uh, Corona, uh, COVID-19, and we'll go back to to the routine life that we all miss. Yes. Ready. That we all miss. Yeah. We're all ready for that. <laughs> no more work from home for me, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Well, thanks cool. again. I appreciate it. I, there is one last thing. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned because I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, oh, I think it was um, not this last week in the week, weekend before we did this, I posted a link here. So you'll, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll have the, if you're not watching on YouTube uh, just go to the YouTube uh-huh. Um link for this episode and you'll see, uh, uh, this, YouTube, uh, another YouTube link, but yeah, it's the dev slop code review. We, uh, gave, uh, mm-hmm. not, not last weekend, but the weekend before. So, uh, just want to make sure I mentioned that. So, cause we did that, <clears throat> we did that free training and then we skipped last week. So we didn't mention it. That it was like out there cause we didn't have a yeah. show last week. So true. anyway, yep, yeah.
1: So cool. we, yeah. anything else, yeah. anyone else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, the DevSlop stuff was good. Um, please follow us on, you know, Twitter, join our Slack channel as well. If you wanna keep the discussion going with Audit and Keyless, uh, let us know, or, and, you know, other options, what, what, what's out there. We, we'd love to talk through it, um, but we appreciate everyone's time and hope to see everybody online. We'll be back next week.
2: Thank you all very much. Live long okay. and prosper. Yes, there we go. A, Bye-bye. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks.